Welcome, everybody, to Who's Your Band? I'm Jeffrey Paul. I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Sean Morton. How are you, Sean? Uh, Jeff, I am as uh, wonderful as I possibly can be. I get to see your beautiful, smiling face mm. on a Sunday. What else can I ask for in life? You know what? This this hasn't been a good Sunday, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, I'm a big football fan. We're recording this on opening afternoon, yep. and um, the Jets are already out of it. Yes. And I, I, I put up a, a, a question on social media. Who's going to win first? The Rangers, whose season hasn't started yet, or the Jets? Let's just say if you go on Facebook and you see uh, Jeff's lock of the week, what you should do immediately right then is pick up your phone, go on uh, DraftKings or FanDuel, and bet the opposite. Ooh. You will make a lot of money. <laughs> when does hockey start? Hold on a second, Greg. We we didn't introduce you yet. You're you're a special guest. You're behind the you're you're, you're blowing it. You're blowing it. All right. We were gonna, we were gonna get in. I, I, that's on me. I didn't even tell Greg this yet. All right. Um, before we bring in our guest, Sean, concerts, anything uh, coming up for you? Or did you see since yes. last time we talked? I haven't seen anything since we've talked. I have uh, Seven Dust and Nonpoint uh, next week. And where is that? That is the 16th at Starland Ballroom, three oh, minutes nice. from my house. That is a great, great spot to see Seven Dust. Yes. So I would suggest maybe you get a ticket instead of doing 19 city spots that night. Get a ticket and come hang with us. Uh, then I'm going to see the Gaslight Anthem three times in a row. And then the next concert is Post Malone and then Luke Combs. Well, you got a nice full schedule. Yeah. Um, what about you? I, um, same thing for, since the last time we talked. Um, uh, what do I got coming up? I got Maiden coming up uh, in October. I got uh, uh, Glenn Tilbrook over at uh, City Winery in uh, October as well. And Darling Love uh, in December. And I'm sure I'll pick up something along the way. Oh, yeah. Um, but in the meantime, man, talking about concerts and talking about being funny, our next com- uh, next comic, our next guest is both of those things. He's a funny comedian. He works for Live Nation. We have a lot of questions about that. And just talking music. You know, he, he got, guy likes music the way we like music. So let's introduce Mr. Greg Graydon. How are you, Greg? I am well. How are you? Good, man. Thank you so much for coming in and joining hey, us. Thanks for having me on. Okay. How's your finger? Uh, fingers were bit by my dog this morning, giving her insulin. Fingers are okay. You know, Sean, you don't know this, but sh- <laughs> poor Greg has spent like the afternoon. Like, well, while I'm agonizing watching football, he's dealing with a dog uh, that's a diabetic, right? Oh, that's horrible. And his finger yeah. bites. Well, at least I didn't have to watch the Jets. So. That's no, true. I, th- I think I'd rather get bit by a dog than... And, we can uh, arrange that, Jeff. Jeff. We can arrange that, actually. I, I was bit by a dog once. Yeah. But, uh, okay. It's going <laughs> away. Okay, let's... <laughs> I love the it douche was. silence. It's so great. You're, you're such a dick. Um, <laughs> but let's talk to Greg a little bit. Right off the bat, man. Hey. What's, it, what's it like working for a company like... Uh, Live Nation. I I gotta think it's got to be really great because I mean you're a music guy. I mean you really do appreciate music and love uh, music and go. Do you do you, do you get do you get a chance to go see a lot of shows? Uh, is your time? Uh... I do, but it, it's like you know I've been here for 15 years, so you figure 100 shows a year. It's I've seen basically everyone and everything, so I'm at the point now. 
where I rarely am at a concert and I have to stay just because yeah. it's, you know, I've yeah. seen it all. Well, you're so, kind of closer. You're probably close to my, I'm like 46. How old are you? 50. Okay. So you're also, you're at that level too, where, so you have the inside knowledge. You can call ahead and say, Hey, what are the set times for this? Oh, okay. Yes, this band's right. going on this time. I don't have to see the three bands ahead of time. I'm going yes. to see a few bands and then you're out. I, I, oh, God, it's a great, it's a great feeling. Believe me. I've certainly sent those set times to Jeff before. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're Explain to our audience what you do and what, again, and what it's like working for uh, okay. a, a live because because I think there's a lot of misconceptions yeah. about uh, yeah. Live Nation as well. Well, we're obviously a huge company with a lot of different departments, and I, you know, I'm not in media relations. I'm not in PR, so I don't know. Basically, I'll just tell you what I do. I do our corporate season seat sales for a handful of our venues in the really in Long Island. I handle the Northwell Health at Jones Beach Theater and then the NYCB Theater at Westbury. And it's, it's you know, when you really dive into what I do, it's not as sexy as saying I work for Live Nation, but I, I you know, I sell cor- corporate packages, suites, season seats, VIP experiences, and I get to go to a lot of concerts, which is certainly a lot of fun. This I'm glad you brought up VIP experiences, and I think a lot of people put the burden on VIP experiences on a Live Nation when I don't think that's the it's a when 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 it doesn't go the way they think it is. You know, I think a lot of that falls on the band, and I think a lot of it falls on the individual who doesn't do the research. Like you take a band like I think the Scorpions, okay, they do a VIP experience. And, you know, I think it's $750. And basically, you know, if you think the experience is going to be, you know, you're going to hang out backstage and have drinks and everything, that is not it at all. You know, basically is they're warehousing you. They're telling you, you know, um, and and this is, correct me if I'm wrong, Greg, this is entirely on the band. The band pulls the shots when it comes to these experiences. And, right. Those, and, those are 100 percent driven by the bands. They hire a third party company to execute it. We're really we're just a facilitator. Right. So what what happened? I, I heard a lot of people complained about this, like for seven hundred and fifty dollars. Basically, you got to the venue early. OK, because that's what these guys do. The band wants to get there early. OK, you, you stand on a line. The band is standing like on a podium. You stand in front of them. You take a picture and you move on. That's your VIP experience for $750. And it's not like they misled you or anything. They say it's a picture. It's an opportunity to meet the band. You're doing it. But then people will sit there and and badmouth Live Nation. And it's really not Live Nation at all. It's not at all. It is the band. I've seen oh. I've seen some cool ones, you know, like and that Scorpions one as much. Like I remember a couple of years ago, I think Motley Crue was doing one that it was like insane amount of money. Like you're in the in the thousands, almost five figures, right? And like I think Tommy or or Mick wasn't taking the picture. So it's like you're getting three quarters of Motley Crue who's taking the picture, you know. But I've seen people like uh Fozzie is one band that does a, a ton of uh VIP experiences. And I think they charge like whether it's 150, 200 bucks, whatever, you get there beforehand and they do like a four or five song yeah. sound check before the band and before the show. And then you Those see the sound checks. Yeah, that was cool. Like I would do that in a heartbeat. Yeah. 
It's a difference between Fozzy, Motley Crue, Scorpions. And the difference is some of these smaller bands will charge less because that's their big way of making money. Sure. And, you know, they, they do have the time to be able you know, they, they want they want to encourage their fans to do that. Yeah, these exactly. Bands, they don't see what people don't realize is it's simply a business transaction. You're yeah. not going to get to know them. They're not going to hang out with you. You're not going to exchange emails. You know, it's not going to be be that at all. I think, again, like when we had a band like um, uh, who the PJ Folly and, and Trickster. He's in, he's who, in Fozzie. Who's, who's, who's still out on, on the road. Yeah. They'll they'll do, you know, like I think a hundred dollar VIP where you can hang out with them. Yeah. Uh, you, know, ha, you know, they'll have like some like uh, some drinks and you can take pictures. Because you know those bands, fr- quite frankly, still need the money to do it. Mommy Crew doesn't. Does Kiss need the money? No, he wants the money. No, and they'll ch- and they'll they'll charge. They'll they're gonna, they're going to charge you at least four figures. You know, if not five, depending on yeah. the experience that you want. You know, w- w- with them. So, you know, uh, Greg, you when you said you do vip experiences so what type of vip experience do you guys yeah, do what, what i do is is, is it's different because we're not marketing the band we're marketing the sort of like a, a vip club within vip it's it's just like having a suite at a baseball game or you know a football game it's that same experience or season seats for for a sports team but at a specific music venue that and let me tell you something i think that's a good experience and uh, you know I'm, I'm lucky enough to know you and you were generous enough to hook me up with that right. and the, the last one i did was um uh back in may it was kissed out at hartford and that was a great great vip experience because it was um a separate uh spot in the venue it was food it was some drinks. It was and and the seating was pretty cool. And you get a, a nice night. And it, you know, it's it's well worth the 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 money and and everything. So it was it, it's it's a cool thing. Um it, I, I think one of the, the the raps is between Live Nation and Ticketmaster are like the fees. And that that seems to be like something that's in the news and kind of like, you know, a, a big controversy as well. And I know Sean kind of like uh, talks about this a lot, too. Yeah, I mean, so there's certain things that um, are, are different. Now, I just heard about the new thing about the uh, what I think it's called dynamic pricing or dynamic tier yeah, pricing. Dynamic pricing. Yeah. So now maybe my eyes were deceiving me. OK, and I, it very well could be very well could be. I was getting tickets for Bruce Springsteen. Probably the biggest ticket that's going out there right now, I would say, you know, and, you know, you got I got the verified code. I'm cool. I get in. I'm I'm off work that day. I go on and I just can't find seats that I really, really want, you know, and I got a couple, you know, you, I'm, I'm one of those guys who will stay on the computer and hit refresh every second for three hours until I get what I want. Uh, I saw tickets going in a section. I don't remember the section it was high up starting at like 75 bucks and i'm like that's pretty cheap for springsteen you know that's pretty cheap and mind you, it's probably the second to last row whatever and as i keep refreshing the price is going up in the same section it was the first time i've ever seen it i mean tickets are going from like 75 to 85 to 100 to 130 all within minutes in the same rows now is this something that's going to be like uh 
a permanent thing or is this going to be going with the higher end bands? I can't, I'm in no position to answer that. Okay. I mean, I could tell you what dynamic pricing is. Yeah, I, I really want an explanation because it's for just, me, it's a, compu- it's a computer algorithm that, yeah. based on demand, will will raise a price or lower a price. Okay. Like you know, I don't know what's going on with with Springsteen tickets now, but I assume if there's if they're still out there on the day of the show, they're going to go down a bit. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, My, I, said, I didn't know if there was. Um, you know, you think, right, look, I just mentioned the band Fozzie. I like them. They're playing the Stone Pony in Jersey, in, in Asbury Park, where I live. Okay. They're not Springsteen, who's doing multiple arena nights. So I, I don't see a band like Fozzie doing something like that, but I can see like a higher elevated band, like a Springsteen or an Ed Sheeran or right. a Luke Combs or something right. like that doing that. It's completely up to the artist. Yeah. They say, okay. you know, turn on dynamic or don't turn it on. That's one thing I wanted to ask, too. So yeah. I'm glad you actually brought that up. Okay, so it is artist-driven, too. I have a follow-up on that, too. There were just two things, which I think getting tickets and ticket pricing. And I'll use my son as an example. Uh, last night, he went to um, Barclay to see My Chemical Romance. Okay. Um, a couple of weeks ago, tickets were going for, you know, low 200s, about 165. Um as we're getting closer to the concert, you can start to see the ticket uh, prices start to come down. Uh, the, a week out, the, he says they're about a, a $130, $99. He waits for the day of the show because he wasn't sure if he was going to be able to come down from uh, from school. Mm-hmm. He gets he gets the same ticket that he could have gotten for $136, but $33. Yeah, you know? I mean, th- th- that, th- that happens all the time you saw that with with uh rolling stone tickets and some of these you know guns and roses they were tickets initially were going for three hundred dollars mm-hmm. you would, listen there's no gun to anyone's head that says you have to buy it exactly so, so right you, so you don't you don't buy it and if you could wait and if you've seen these bands and you want to just like hang in there um day of day of the show a couple of days before these tickets you know, three hundred dollar tickets were going for one and a quarter i went to yeah. go see guns and roses that way I, yeah. I did it for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame at Barclays Center. I got tickets for like $14 the day of the show. It was the year that Nirvana was inducted. Granted, I was as high up. I actually talked to Kurt while I was there. <laughs> like, that's how high up I was at the Barclays Center. But, you know, you're right. You wait If you have a little patience, I don't have patience. So I'd rather just pay the money and get the tickets that I want and a section that I want. So I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I play both ends of the coin with that. Yeah, I mean, what it's... If you're going to complain about the ticket prices, don't buy the ticket. Like, hundred percent. You know, that, that, that's I say you you basically you vote with your wallet. Yeah, and I, I I think more and more people are starting to do that. But initially, Greg, what I wanted to ask you is when tickets do go on sale, who who sets the price of the ticket? Is it the artist? Is it is it the venue? Is it the ticket broker, or is it a combination of all That's three? Certainly not the ticket broker. Uh, <laughs> uh, my answer is not. It's it's basically sort of an educated guess answer, just from being in the industry. But I'm not on that side of the industry. Every ticket price is artist driven, so I think the promoter can make recommendations. But at the end of the day, a ticket doesn't go on sale without the artist or something, not necessarily, you know, Springsteen's not himself approving it, but his manager. His, right, his people. 
you know, they have to approve it. So Bruce came out and said, hey, look, I want to do these shows and I don't want to charge more than $100 a ticket. Can he do something like that? He can, sure. Yeah, Rage, I mean, against the machine did it. Rage Against the Machine did it. Every yeah. ticket at, at MSG was the same price. It was like 140 yeah. bucks or something, no matter the, about, the second at the top or in the floor. I think you were talking about Pearl Jam earlier. I think they do the same thing. Yep. I One think. price. Yeah. Um, yeah Pearl- art, some artists do it. Yeah, I have friends that are at MSG right now, and they're all members of the 10 Club. They all got tickets. You know, some people are in the 400 section, some are on the floor, and some are, have great seats alongside the stage, and it's just a matter of how you get them. I mean, I yeah. kind of like that, though, in a way. Like, you know you're getting a ticket. You know you're going to be in the building. You know you're going to not have to miss your mortgage payment right. to go to a show. And, you know, I, I, I think it's a great idea, personally. If, if, yeah. you could, if the band could pull it off, I think it's a great idea. Sure. You know, I was just thinking about this. It's not only concerts that are doing that type of um, that that ticket uh, pricing as well. I don't know if you've ever gone to a baseball game recently, but like you yeah. know, you know, to go see the Mets or Yankees against like you know, Yankees Red Sox is going to cost you more for the same seat than going to see Yankees Royals sure. or Mets Braves is going to cost you a lot more than going to see Mets and I don't know the Pirates. Yeah, it's you know? true. It's very it's, true. It's it, 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 it's premium. I, I don't again. You, you know, you don't want to go. You know, I, think it's, that's a little, I think that's a little bit different only because it's more of that's more of a rivalry kind of based pricing. No, no but but it's still it's still a premium game. Yeah. You know? it's, it's real estate. A seat is real estate. So that's a well, great that's a great fucking yeah. point, man. Yeah. The thing that the thing that I hated what the teams did. Remember I I think they were called the PSLs, yeah. public yeah. licensing uh, yeah. seats. I think that, that was yeah. that to me was complete nonsense. So a PSL was you didn't it wasn't a ticket or a seat it was the opportunity to spend twenty thousand dollars depending on where you sat to buy the seat. That's a big football move. Um, oh, yeah. Personal right. seat license. You're paying personal. for the right to then buy the buy seat. Yeah. Like I could see, like okay, you you use the word real estate. I could see, okay, yeah, and maybe this would be a great thing. Maybe we can pass this on to Live Nation. They own plenty of venues. All right. Um, I, would would you spend, say, Sean, fifty thousand dollars to buy a seat per year? But no matter what event is going on in that that arena, you get to go because you own that seat. Well, that's kind of you, like a. And if that's you don't want to go, you could sell it. That's a lot of money. But this, I'll I'll, I'll bring it down to the the New York well, New could, comedy you could level. Money, or you could also make money on it because you. If you don't want to go to suppose like, you know, I mean, you like everybody, but suppose like someone good was playing like, uh, I don't know, like Disciples of Dio and you didn't want to go. Yeah. No. So you made a great point. Like and this. And so I live 15 minutes from the PNC Art Center. And this year I said to myself, am I going to buy the season pass? Now they sell a season pass for 200 bucks and with taxes and fees, it's like 250 a, a pop. And you can go to every show? You have a lawn seat to every single show. That's a great now, deal. Now, I didn't do it this year and it pissed me off because now I'm going to be going to seven shows at PNC this year and I would have made my money back. And then I could have probably given tickets away to friends and things like that. So that's for me, I, I think next year I'm going to do it no matter what because – chances are you're right. I'm one of those people who goes, I don't just stick with metal. I go to metal and country and I'm going to a rap show next month. I mean, for Christ's sake. So I go all over. I, I, I'm i all over the place when it comes to music. I would definitely do that next year. And that's not even that much money. If you think about it, $500, 
and you could possibly see 20 shows, that's a no-brainer for me. What do you think about that idea, uh, Greg? You know, selling seats in a venue and, you know, being able to go see any event that in that venue, but you have that seat. That PSL idea? Well, the PSL is is a total money making scam that that the NFL did 100. percent Don't you think? I mean, I I I don't go to football games, so I think it's it's not something. If I had the money, I would spend my money on. But what about just based on principle? You you're not getting. Hey, here he is. You're just not getting the. Um, you you're not Dad. getting the, yeah, hello <laughs> hello what's your name I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah did you name Jeff too what's your name buddy this is Beckett hey Beckett you say hi <laughs> what's up Beckett <laughs> the first time we had a, a a little guy on the show like this. No, that's not true. We had Scott Schwartz from A Christmas Carol, too. A Christmas story. Christmas. <laughs> I think Beckett's a little taller than him, actually. I think Beckett's funnier, too. I think so, too. He actually brought more to the show than Scott Schwartz did, too. How old is Beckett? He will be three in December. Oh, Great. wow. He's, he's he's a little guy. Yeah, he's a little one. Yeah, okay. He's doing all right. But, okay, just, just what I'm saying. is like Again, yeah. the, the PSL, you're, you're not getting the ticket for the event. No, you're getting the right of first refusal to buy that ticket. I, I, With I, a very short win- purchase window, too, I bet. Yeah. Right. So wouldn't it be cooler to charge more money? But that, inc- that, that, that price now includes the ticket to the event. And so suppose that you want to make it more. Maybe you made it $100,000, but you're going to every event. And if you don't want to use those tickets, Sean, you know, you could sell the tickets and try and make your money back. Well, that's kind of the same thing that they're doing with like with uh, the Live yeah. Nation fa- well, you know, uh, season pass. You know, I think it's a great I think it's a really, really great idea. But you're also taking a gamble. So like next year, I know right now that next year Matchbox 20 is going to be playing at PNC. So if I bought two one tickets for that, it's going to be probably about one hundred and twenty hundred and thirty dollars. Right. So am I going to take a game? If I go to Atlantic City and gamble three hundred and seventy dollars, I guarantee I'm not walking out with anything. But I'll take that other three hundred and seventy dollars and put it towards the Live Nation thing. You know, you know very well I'm going to at least three or four more concerts. I've made my money back. So, yeah, I would do that in a heartbeat. You'll piss that money away anyway. I think for the two hundred thousand, even if they raise the price. I still think that's a great deal. It's a great idea because the best part about it is, and you know, it's not the best part, but I am a firm uh, believer and a fan of getting to the show when I have lawn seats and upgrading my tickets for twenty bucks. Yeah, they that's do great. that on a lot of shows. They sure. do that at so many shows at that's PNC. A great, that's a great thing. You and I do it every I think time. You guys just talked me into to getting the tickets for next year. Oh God, don't do it, Jeff. I don't want to see you with an. The long pass is a great deal. I think it's an amazing deal. Yeah. 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 Do all do all the um all the Live Nation venues uh, offer that, or is that no, per per venue? Not all, not all, not, not all. I know Jones Beach does not. So, oh really? Well, they but don't they have do, a lawn, but they don't have a lawn. I, I've never been there. I've yeah. never been there. I always think it's like the same thing as PNC, but I always forget that it's on water. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I never remember thought of that. It's on I mean, water. Uh, I, I think it may be bigger too. Might be. Well, with the lawn, I mean, we we have obviously more fixed seating, but. 
with the lawn, I think you can get more people in to PNC. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's right. Hundred percent. Yeah. And so, is it hard for you, Greg, to to do stand up, do you know the concerts? Yeah. You know, how do you how do you juggle your time and be a, and be a dad? Particularly during the summer, when the bulk of my concerts are between Labor uh, Memorial and Labor Day. So it's like I almost disappear from stand up for those few months. Well, you're not missing much though, because it's always the deadest months in comedy yeah. anyway. Right. I think things depends on where you go. I mean, I've been you know you got to get out of the city. I think, but the city's still you know on the weekends still yeah, really stuff, rock. But, but I mean, I'm pretty much every Thursday to Saturday I'm at concerts. Now, are you at the venue themselves? Yeah. You go. Yeah. And you over, you oversee what's going on over there. Yeah. That's great. Oh, that is that is really cool. Yeah. I dig that. And if it's a perfect night, I don't, you know, the perfect night is when I don't need to be there, but I'm there anyway. You know, I'm yeah. I'm you can actually sit back, see everything's running good, and maybe actually watch three or four songs like head exploding. Right, right. I mean, I've seen a lot of great shows the past few years. Just so who who have you seen recently that you're really, really like enjoying? Um this year was um Tears for Fears. Okay. They were great. I'm I missed that. Who I went? Oh, man, who did I see that? I I went to the stadium tour that night. The Monte Cruz show. Yeah, that, I, you know what? I I almost I almost could want to back out and go see Tears for Fears. They were, with a, they were so good. They sounded great. They did their own VIP package with a with a sound check, and they sang three or four songs. They were very personable with the audience. Hmm. That was. Um, and I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it. And garbage cool. opened up the show. What's yeah. That? yeah, garbage, garbage opened up the show too. Yeah. Great show. I would have. I actually almost wanted to go to that show. I'm in the mind frame now of trying to go see bands or artists that are a little bit older, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to see them again. Like I had tickets for Elton John, and uh, how come right, you didn't go, Sean? Uh, I'll tell you why I didn't go, Jeffrey. Uh, I am 46 years old. I am six foot three and 350 pounds, and it was 101 degrees that day. <laughs> and I sold my Elton John tickets, and I lost ten dollars on the deal. And I don't regret that in the least bit. Mm-hmm. I had great seats, but you know what? It is what it is. So, uh, I, the days of you know, I've talked about this with my friends too, and like the days of us going to like these festivals, like when when I was growing up, Ozfest was the biggest festival, and we're metalheads, so we would get there at like ten o'clock because we were friends with a lot of bands who were like the opening bands on these small stages, and we would go and stay until eleven o'clock at night, and like there's no fucking way on earth i would ever do that again like ever i did that sounds miserable it is pretty horrible it's pretty horrible like i i flew out to sandy uh san bernardino california like five five or six years ago for not fest so it was a two-day slipknot concert and then one day was they they promoted it as one day was old school and one day was new school so it was all the older metal bands on the Friday and all the younger metal bands on the Saturday. I knew exactly what time to get there on Friday. I knew exactly what time to get there on Saturday. And I was a very happy person that week. But those you, days, those days are over. You said you would go to Ozfest and you would see your friend's band play. It opened. 
Well, because I was in a band back in like the right. late 90s, early 2000s. So, you know, a lot of people from the New Jersey scene were picked up by labels at that time. And labels were signing everybody at that time. So I would go at like 10 o'clock and my friends would be on. Mark Rizzo, one of our old guests from El Nino. Okay. They would be on at, you know, 1030 and play 20 minutes. So you're going to go and support your friends. And I ain't got four hours to kill before the, the side bands go on, you know, before the main stage. I'm too old and freaking cranky to do that shit anymore. Craig, you you know, like in in comedy, the equivalent, yeah. you know what a, a bringer show is? Right. Okay. In music, isn't the equivalent of a bringer show, wouldn't that be like um, a pay-to-play type <sighs> of thing? Either pay-to-play or a buy-in? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. Uh, um, that doesn't happen on a Live Nation level, though. No, not no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not implying that. But what, what, I'm, what, I'm, what I'm saying is... Um, that's something that sometimes people don't don't realize too. Like you go see a band and you'll see them in a place like, um, I don't know, maybe like a Dingbats or or even the Stalland. And mm-hmm. there'll be, um, you know, you'll be a headlining, you'll have your seven dust, and then you may have four bands on. Right. And yeah, maybe two support the, bands, two right. support and bands, two local two, bands. And right. And the two local bands, one may be a pay to play where they want to get some type of exposure and they're paying the band to go, you know, I don't know if it's the band who controls it, the venue and, or the promoter and they're saying like, you know, we, we want to get on, you know, our music is similar, you know, we'll, you know, they'll, um, the, the promoter will say, well, look, we're going to give you uh, 60 tickets or a hundred tickets that you have to sell and you got to pay for it up front. Yep. And that's your pay to play. And then you hopefully make the money back on merch or you're just doing it for the exposure. And then the buy-in that uh, sometimes some of these uh, smaller bands have to do is, you know, they're on the tour with the Seven Dust, but they buy in, they'll pay like $30,000, $50,000, whatever the, the price is set to go on tour with the band. And again, try to make their money back through really basically solely merch. Yeah, I don't know that they, they buy in at this point. Like, I, I can tell you from just experience, I've done it too. I played Lamore in Brooklyn, and they say, hey, you know, I, I send demos and everything like that. And they'll say, okay, so you're a metal band. Uh, I got this show open with uh, Lamb of God, or God forbid, who's playing at Lamore. But uh, yeah, look, here's uh, 50 tickets that you got to sell. Otherwise, you ain't playing. You, they will right. just pull you off the show right away. And I can vividly remember walking around the streets of Brooklyn with yellow tickets in my hand saying, hey, you going to the God forbid show, buy them from me. They're only 20 bucks instead of 25 at the door. I'm selling them. I got to play tonight. And I think I, I did that one time. So I sold 48 tickets and I wound up going to my pocket and buying the last two just so I had a memento from the show too, with my band's name on the friggin' thing. And, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a horrible experience, but I have friends who are still doing this in their forties and fifties who are consistently doing pay to play shows. And it's a, it's one of the biggest scams that's out there. I, you see, let me, is it a, is it a scam if the promoter or whoever does it is being upfront with you to do it? No, think of it this way. Or is this, it is how I think, this is how I think about it. Greg owns a venue. Okay. Greg owns Greg's uh, concert venue, whatever it is. I'm in uh, the Sean Morton band and I'm the headliner. Okay. He's booking me. He's paying me. And then Jeff, you come along and you email Greg and you go, hey, listen, I, I sound a lot like Sean Morton's band. Uh, what do I got to do to get on here? 
like if I'm running a venue, I'm going to say, let me see what you got. I'm putting all my eggs in the Sean Morton basket that Sean's going to sell tickets. And I'm going to. Your band is not going to sell tickets on its own. You know what I mean? So do you put the put the weight on Jeff just to make extra money? Or do you put all your money into the Sean Morton basket thinking that he's going to sell everything? I don't know. I don't I, I don't know what the right answer is, but it's exactly like a bringer show, but it's on a different level. It's a very different level. Like there's a lot more money as far as music venues going than it is for a comedy club. Greg, is that good business? Or do you, do you think or is it like, you know, again, think of you about yourself not as an artist, right. but as a as a business person, as a promoter. And your job is to fill the venue. So now if my band wants to open for Sean. Okay. Are you going to say here, 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 a hundred tickets, you sell the hundred tickets and you're on the show. Yeah. I get it. I mean, it makes sense. I get it. It works. You know, I think if you're upfront about it, I mean, it's so far removed from what, you know, my music life. Yeah. But I don't see like doing a comedy bringer. If you're upfront about it, if you're not taking advantage of somebody, you know, as long as, that person doesn't think, oh, this is my big break. I'm going to, you know, if you right. don't, as long as you're not like, oh, 10 record labels will be there. I don't know if record labels still exist, but 10, whatever, you know. Yeah. No, I streaming services. When you're it, in, it's, uh, it's just a shitty part of the business is what it comes yes. down to. Any kind of entertainment business, not just comedy or music. It's any kind. I mean, right. I, I just think it's a shitty practice, but it's also a necessary practice, unfortunately. Right. It's, it, I don't want to say necessary evil, but it, it has its place. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I get that. Like yeah. I had a I had a, a bar that it wasn't really a bar. It was a very actually pretty big uh, venue back in the late 90s, early 2000s. It was called the Rec Room and it was in Wallington, New Jersey. So it was a huge stage. You could probably fill about, you know, five, six hundred people. I mean, the bigger names that played there were like Vanilla Ice, um, you know, some of the older metal bands would play there and stuff. Now, what happened was we got, you know, we did their battle of the bands and we did their shows and stuff like that. But then what we did was we became one of their house bands. You know, we became one of their house bands. So they just automatically put us on and say, look, we're going to give you 200 bucks, do the open spot, you know, the local spot. And then you have like your middle spot, who's like the band that's on tour with the band. And then the big band goes on. I never had a problem with that. And I would always promote it. But, you know, I would have I did a comedy show when I first started 15 years ago. I'll never forget this. I did one bringer show and that was it. I had to bring 10 people to the Laugh Lounge on Rivington Street on Tuesday at a six o'clock. Now, how the hell am I getting 10 people who I don't even know 10 people who live in New York? OK, at this time, you know, they have 10 people. And I I sold nine tickets. And I couldn't believe it. Did you not believe I did it? Pocket for the last one. She, this woman, and I'll tell you her name because she ain't gonna ever listen to me. Her name was Rebecca Donahue. She blasted me. Right. I mean, she pulled me aside and was like, "I can't believe you have the balls to even come in here and try and think you're gonna get stage time. You didn't sell the amount of tickets." And I'm like, in my head, I'm thinking, "I didn't sell one ticket. I sold like nine, and I needed." Yeah. 10 you know that's that's ridiculous that's and that ridiculous. was the day that was a turning point for me because yeah. i said I'm, I'm never ever doing this again and i became a road comic all right that is ridiculous guys i gotta put my kid to bed okay so i need to wrap up my part of this go for it do you have any 
burning questions. You answered a lot of stuff that I actually wanted to to address. Yeah, Greg, we, and we do appreciate you coming on and, and right, talking with us. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. No problem. Take care, appreciate man. It. I'll be in All touch. Right. All right. Bye, Bye guys. Later, man. Yeah. Sean, you don't remember there was something called uh, Laughing Buddha. Do you have you ever heard of that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeff Lawrence. Uh, yeah, Jeff Lawrence, good guy. Yes. I like I, I like Jeff. Now Jeff was always a little bit uh, controversial in um, in comedy. I thought uh, I want to ask uh, Greg about this. I, I think I thought maybe he had started out there as well, and people used to get on him about some of these bringer shows that he did. But the thing is. He 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 wasn't asking you to bring ten, ten people is insane. Yeah, he would ask you to bring three people. And yeah, and I, like, that's fine. And he give you <laughs> ample stage time. The thing is, if you don't want to do it, guess what? Don't you do it. Go and have to do it. I made that choice that night. I, I'll tell you, I had to be only four or five months in in comedy because I remember at six months in comedy, I was hosting on the road. So right. I remember. So it had to be very very late in 2008 and i just made that decision i'm like i'm not letting anybody talk to me like that you know because again i wasn't like a there's a lot of new comics that come out and they're 19 20 21 years old and they don't have a lot a lot of life experience as well i was 32 when i started so i knew i i ran a multi-million dollar department i knew how to handle people i knew how to i knew life and everything and i was like i'm not fucking letting this girl talk to me like this yeah your mind and my no, but I, but I think there's so much desperation sometimes in comedy that people will, will, will let other people walk on them or take oh, advantage yeah. of them. You know, uh, whether it be being shortchanged, like, you know, I promise you, you know, $300 for a show. And I'm like, hey, hey, hey Sean, here's a 200 bucks. Like, yeah, I've never, that's never happened to me because I will threaten to steal their microphone. I will, you know, I'll take something from the venue that it makes up the money. That's never happened to me. And I've never shortchanged anybody. And shows that I've produced. I won by mistake one time. I shorted my friend 25 bucks. And you know what I did? I gave him 50. That's that that's being a gentleman. But you you see that it happened, it happened to me uh and not too too long ago either, uh, where I got shortchanged. Um, I understand why the the guy wasn't upfront about it, but I understand why he did it. And if he would have been upfront about it, I would have been okay, I get it. It's it, it, it's not right. But at least I would have had more respect. Yeah, for- and, and give the guy the option. So it's like figure it the day before the show, and this guy's trying to sell. He has two hundred seats that he's trying to sell. And he's only sold sixty. You know he's not making any money. So the the right thing to do is to offer the guy and say, "Listen, I'm going to pay you three hundred dollars, but you know, look, I have no ticket sales. I'm going to go into my pocket. Are you okay with taking two for the night? If you want to cut down a few minutes on your set, please go for it." And and I and I would I would say no problem. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. If you are upfront with me in the very beginning, I did a benefit show yesterday. Okay. I voluntarily did a benefit show because it was a friend of mine. His daughter uh, is 13 years old and has uh, autoimmune encephalitis. We had a benefit for them. And I said, yeah, I'll come in. I'll let's, let's do a benefit show is my idea. So let's do a benefit show, get a place, get them to donate it. I'll work for free. And yeah, you know, listen, it was a you know nice, nice little crowd. Did 35, 40 minutes for them. I just, you know, just as a nice little thing. I knew going into it, I wasn't making any money. That was my choice. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna book out a weekend. Look, there's clubs, there's a club that I love performing. 
It's in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. I love performing at this club. I have never had a bad set there, but they want to pay me $250 for a weekend to feature that's, three wait, shows. That's Friday and Saturday? Friday and Saturday. One Friday, two Saturday. I'm going to take 200. I'm going to, I'm going to leave my dog for $250 for the weekend. It's going to cost me a hundred dollars back and forth with tolls and gas. I don't need to perform that much. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need, that's the thing you, you going back to what you said, that desperation in the beginning is because you want you, you, it's a drug, you know, going on stage is a drug and performing is an amazing feeling. So you want to constantly try and build that up and constantly try and do that. But you also have to be smart about it. Your time and money. Well, time yeah, is money. I, I, I think people leave out the business part of show business. They don't get it. And that's a, a bad thing. And, and people always say it's show business, not show friends. That's and right. it's true. There's so much um, underlying uh, clicks. You know what I mean? And we could just talk about comedy because that's what we know. There's clicks in comedy. And one thing I respect about you is that I don't think you're really going to click. You're yeah, kind yeah. of. I'm, I'm you have a lot, a lot of, of friends. People. Yeah, you have a lot of friends and a lot of good associates where you can jump on shows. See, I'm very different. I'm a lone wolf. Like, I don't like to, uh, not that I don't like to associate with comics. I'm not saying that, but I don't like to depend on certain, you know, a, a, a certain amount of people to give me bookings. You know, I want to be able to, uh, I have a few friends, you know, who have, you know, who have booked me, who have now become friends. And they'll say, look, I got four shows this year. Uh, here's the dates. You take them, book whoever you want. Here's your budget. You know, I love that. But, you know, I, I'm just not built that way to like, uh, you know, hustle for, you know, 10 city spots in a week. Like I'll do one night in a city in a year and I'll call like I'll call Sharon Simon and I'll say, hey, on your Wednesday show, can you give me a spot? Sure. No problem. Then I'll say, hey, Larry Bay, can you give me a spot on your Route 66 show that night. So I'll line up like four spots in a night. I hate doing it. I don't know what it is. I just hate doing it. This The city is different than than the, the road. It, in, in a way, it's the same where it depends on who you, who you work for and where you work. You know, there are weekly avails. There are uh, monthly avails. In some, you know, where you would call in a, an avail line. Some clubs have an app where, where it's like, you know, you you put in, you see what 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 spots and times are available. You can make it. You put in for it. You get a confirmation, and that's it. And sometimes it's, it's completely automated. It's not even uh, you know, yeah. you're dealing with with a human being. Uh, and sometimes you know it, it's 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 phone calls or emails. So every club and every every booker I think is different in Manhattan. But it's the same thing on the road uh, stuff as too. Um, some of like the corporate um, clubs. You know, go through uh, booking agencies. Like, I don't know if you ever work for Funny Business. Okay, yeah. you know, Funny Business. You know, you, you're working through a booking agency, yeah. and the, and they and, but they book you know clubs around the country. Oh, sure. Right. And that's that's one of the reasons I hate working for some of the bigger clubs because they're not private. They're not small mom and pop. There's a couple, and even some of the mom and pops are real dicks too. You know, oh, yeah. so sure. You know, yeah, so that's a hundred percent. But like some of the corporate, you know, like I, I you know, I'll work like for the Funny Bones, and mm-hmm. you know, it's 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 a corporation, but it's it's that they they treat you great, they treat you really fine, the money is good. But the thing is, like, no one 
like we were talking with Greg, no one puts a gun to your head to do any of these things. Right, exactly. You know, like, you know, you want to go perform in, in Harrisburg, it's a great club, but if the money isn't there, see what they should do for that little money, just hire a local. And they do. want to have a good show. They do. A lot of these places do do that. And a lot of places have the same host every single week. So picture, I mean, that is just shit business, number one. I mean, you got to figure you got to have four hosts. If you're going to be a club like that and you're going to have local comics coming in, you got four weekends a month. You got to have four different hosts, you know, because chances are you Mark, might have somebody who comes back the same time. Want and return Mark, business. You want return business. So why am I going to see some guy? And look, let's just be honest. There's not um, you're not going to see a headliner comic host a show. You know, it's the high. It, it's the it's the. The chain of command like if you're hosting chances are you're still fairly new unless it's a monster club like unless you're doing carolines and i'm they asked me to host i'm gonna be like yeah every day of the week i'm gonna host the carolines you know like that's right. my ego is not that big but like you want me to go to a small club and host and i'm gonna give you my resume I'm like here here's what i've done I'm like okay that's great but it's not here i'm like all right. I've done it before. I've done it in, in, in the past where I've hosted for years at clubs before I got the bump to middle and the bump up to headline finally, you know, but it's just a, it's all about business. It's all about making money for the club, for the booker and for the comic. Everybody has to eat. Dude, I don't know if a lot of these clubs kind of like see it that way. I think they don't of, see it that I think way. A lot of them see it as a one way street, and <laughs> that that they that they have to make money. We I was just talking about this with somebody uh, recently that during the pandemic, you know, when clubs would come back and they weren't at full capacity, they would they would hit you up and they would say, "Hey, look, um, you know, we're only at." uh 50 percent or only able to go to 70 percent so therefore we have to kind of cut the pay a little bit is that cool and then you make the decision if that's cool or not yeah now that we're at 100 percent capacity they still haven't raised the pay back to 100 and that's why i don't work those clubs jeff yeah i don't yeah. work a club that gives you a free meal and says oh here's your free meal oh you want chicken on your salad well you gotta pay me five dollars no Come on, dude. And then I've had clubs that will literally give you any single thing you want and treat you like gold. That's the funny bones. Yeah. And I've worked them. I've worked them before. They're great clubs. And it's all about being a good business person for them and for you. Because if you're a shit a comedy club owner, guess what you're going to get? You're going to get shit to perform, yet, to perform there. Mm. You know, if you have a shit club that's paying your headliner $150 on a Friday and Saturday each night to headline, guess what you're getting? You're getting a $150 headliner. Well, it's, it's, it's we said it's business. You, you, you get what you pay for. You right. may not get, sometimes you may, listen, there's a lot of good comics out there too, and they can get the job done. But I can, sure. yeah, but this is what I can guarantee you. I will guarantee you this a $150 headliner will not put anyone in the seats 100 percent. okay unless they are bringing their own friends and family and then right. you might, and then if then then that headliner should have probably just like booked out a vfw and just did the show on their own and they would make more money as opposed right. to make, putting money in someone else's pocket if Which you is... have say 40 people gonna come out and see you take the back of a restaurant book, mm -hmm. do, do the show 100%. and you can you keep the money 
The list of clubs that I work at now is less than a handful. That's not good. What's that? That's not good. Working every weekend, Jeff. Any weekend I want. Making a lot more money than I'm going to make working at those clubs. There's certain clubs that I like to work because the people. You know, there's there's uh, you know, there's great clubs. This bananas and Hasbro Kites. I love working there. I'm never going to headline that club because they use a talent. They use an agency that That's is right. booking all their headliners. I'm having trouble featuring there because all the headliners are bringing their own features. That's right. You know what I mean? But I'll work there every weekend because number one, it's a great location for my fan base because I have a lot of fans and friends who live in that area and it's so it's close and centralized. And number two, the booker who books there is a great person. It's so funny you mentioned that because I, I just, a, a pretty big comic who's going to be uh, performing there in April asked me if I was would be interested in featuring for them at that. That's club, awesome. Right? That's yeah. awesome, and I, I love that. Like, and then that club, you know, You're right? You, I, a lot, a lot, of, a lot of the headlines do, will bring their own feature, and that's and you know, I understand that. You know what I mean? And you know, you do it too. If you book a show, you're booking shows with people that you know are good comics, or B that are good comics who have also booked you as well, and you're doing it as a return favor, which well, I think is no problem. No, I, I don't. But I this is a lot, a lot of a lot of the people I'm friends with also happen to be good comics as well. That's you true. Know? That's so true. What I think when you take a booking, I think you take a booking for, for if you do for two of these three uh, reasons, I think you're hitting a home run. If you do for all three, obviously, it's the best thing you do it for the money. Mm-hmm. You do it because of the opportunity could lead to something else. Mm-hmm. Or you do it because you enjoy the people that you're working with. Hundred okay? percent. Like I have, like I said if before, none I have of a those guy, things. Then you're then at, you're well, an asshole. Then why, why are you doing it? Right. Like I have, um, I have a friend who you know, a guy booked me like eight nine years ago, and you know, since then we've become friends. Every year he gives me at a minimum two shows. Last year was four, and you know, through word of mouth, like Wait, is this your buddy in Connecticut? No, no, no he's over here in Jersey. So. You know, this guy goes above and beyond. He goes above and beyond and he's like, look, I trust you. Book the shows, you know, whatever. Here's your budget. And like this guy recommends me to other plate to other people. Like there's a, a, a small show next month at a small American Legion. And they're like, look, our budget is this. I can't afford the four comic show. I can do a two comic show. Here's your budget. I'll take it. Not a big deal. It's 25 minutes from my house. It's a Friday night. I call a friend. He's going to open for me. We do an hour show. Boom. They're happy. But, you know, it's about building your reputation, too. So as a comic, your reputation is as is as important as your material is. If you're a piece of shit person, you could be the funniest person in the world. But if you're a real dirtbag piece of shit person, what does talent really do? Before we wrap this up, this is, this is the thing I've come across recently. And I'm just talking about this with, with a couple of people who do book stuff. Um, bailing out on a show the day of or the day before. Mm-hmm. Hey, man. Uh, uh, oh, totally forgot. Totally forgot. Oh, I had something else booked. Or just simply sending a text. Hey, you know, you, you book me, Sean. Mm-hmm. Can't make it. It's happened to me. As a, as a promoter, as a what booker, it's happened to me. Are I've you booking that person show. again? Never, ever again. Never. Never. I happened to me one time where I did it, 
And again, very early on in my career. But there was a little bit of extenuating circumstances here. So the person tells me the show is going to be, first of all, in Williamsburg. It's in Bed-Stuy. And not in a good part of Bed-Stuy. The person <laughs> tells me the show is going to be starting at 8 to 8.30. So, of course, me being professional, I get there about a quarter to 8. I get there a little early. There's gates rolled up. Okay, for this place. I'm waiting. It is not a good area. I wait until about nine o'clock. The gates are still rolled. No one's there at the show. And then I turn my head and I, and this is no joke, I swear to God, on top of a dumpster, there was a rat the size of my forearm eating a piece of pizza. And the fucker looked at me like I was bothering him eating his pizza. And I said, you know what? I texted the guy and I was like, listen, man, I made up a, a bullshit story. I'm like, I'm diabetic, dude. I don't feel good. My sugar's dipping. I got to get home. And I was like, no problem. Only time I ever bailed on a show mm. ever. And I've done shows where and you, you have two, where there's two people and you still do that show. I've done it. Did it, you did it last night? <laughs> no, I did not do it last night. <laughs> <laughs> last night I worked in a legitimate club. Dude, this is what I tell everybody. We'll end on this. This is what I tell everybody. And people recommend me to talk to young kids and young comics who are just starting out. And they always ask, what's the first best advice you can do? And I always say, be a good person. Yep. That's, That's what true. I tell people. That's good be advice. Be a good person and it all will fall into place. Okay. On that and note, my man, Giants won, by the way. The Giants won, yeah. 21-20. Unfortunately, the Jets, uh, it's going to be a long year. It's going to be a long year. All right. We will be back next week with a, a new, all new show and uh, new stories. And uh, we'll catch everybody next week. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for tuning Yes, we want to thank Greg Graydon for, for checking in with us and answering our questions about Live Nation and tickets and ticket pricing and me and Sean just like just shooting the breeze here. A little bit different show for us today. A little bit. It was fun. Yes. All right, guys. We'll catch you next week. Take care, Sean. Bye, yeah. Adam. Bye, buddy.